Welcome to Sleeves Rolled Up. I'm your host, Julia DeRota. When faced with the serious and complex needs of people in our society, many throw up their hands in exasperation. At the Salvation Army, however, we roll up our sleeves and get to work. State of the Nation is a report produced each year by our Social Policy Unit. It provides a comprehensive assessment of the well-being of our communities by looking at outcomes that impact on the health of communities, whānau and individuals that the Salvation Army, Te Opi Order, the army that brings life, works with each day. In today's episode, we talk about the social hazard section of the report with a focus on gambling harm. We chat about the impact of harmful gambling on Kiwis, how companies prey on vulnerable communities, and what the Salvation Army is doing to combat this. Hi Ronji, thanks for joining us today. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background and what your role is within the Social Policy Unit? Sure, well, um, taloha ni, um, Julia. Um, I think you got a message on your phone, but uh, all good. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> all good. Um, so my name is Ronji Tanyilu. Um, I, am, uh, I was born in Samoa and raised in the most amazing part of the world, which is Mangere in South Auckland. Um, and so we are part of the immigrant story and we moved here in 1981 uh, for a better life and for better opportunities. Uh, fast forward uh, to today, um, I work as uh, the principal advisor for the social policy and parliamentary unit of the Salvation Army. I've re- we returned to New Zealand uh, in 2017 after serving as uh, tent maker missionaries uh, in involved in some sex trafficking rescue work, some Bible smuggling work, and some other amazing things that God allowed us to do. But now we're back in New Zealand. Um, and uh, in my, the way I, I can describe my role, Julia, is to try be as positively disruptive as possible mm-hmm. uh, and, and challenge and argue and um, agitate uh, back to government and to corporate stakeholders uh, and ultimately um, advocating based on the mission of the Salvation Army uh, to care for people, transform lives, reform society by God's power. But I've been thinking heaps about this quote that William Booth uh, said uh, once, that everything that the army does, all of our social services should be pathways to the cross of Jesus Christ. So I'm really blessed that I can um, do this policy kind of advocacy work, but that connect that to the transformation the amazing transformation that comes through Christ and Christ alone. So that's my background. Awesome. That's great stuff. So you authored the social hazards section of the report. Um, and for those people who might not might not be aware, social hazards in, in the context of the report includes alcohol use, the use of illicit drugs, gambling harm, problem debt, and financial hardship. And you might be thinking that those sound like pretty regular activities for most people in society, but these activities generally have an addictive element, which can create serious harm for people who over-engage or abuse them. And that's why we um, why we have a section in the report on that. So can you just tell us a little bit about um, what the report found in this area? Yeah, I think, again, this is the 15th year that we've done State of the Nation. So pretty much every year, it's a mixed bag of mm. results. Hey, so you sort of see some some positive uh, changes or shifts that are happening across the areas we look at, but then mostly it's it's sort of we're getting we're, we're going we're getting worse. The things are getting mm. aren't getting better. We, we're, they're negative numbers, and so when it comes to the social hazards area, the same mixed kind of bag. Hey, we saw some 
uh, that there was uh, some changes in hazardous drinking behavior, a decrease mm -hmm. in hazardous drinking behavior for um, for men, for Maori and women. Hey, so that's the good news. Yeah. But awesome. then on, on that we got to celebrate that stuff. Mm -hmm. But on the other end, there's some bad news as well. And hazardous drinking is still a major issue for younger people, aged 18 to 24, and for Pacific people. And so when we look at some breaking down some of those numbers even more, nearly 35% of all 18 to 24 four-year-olds um, are drinking hazardously. Nearly uh, 33% or one in every three uh, Māori person is drinking in a hazardous way. So the numbers say one thing, but when you dig deeper, you can actually start seeing some of those true um, realities that we're facing. Again, the same thing in the drug um, area as well. There's some positive trends in terms of the decrease in cannabis um, uh, offenses and charges, but then meth is dominating that story. Hey, it's still mm -hmm. a, a meth-dominated story, and we, we, can, we know the destruction of meth really, really well. And again, the same with the gambling and the, and the financial hardship area. Some good numbers, some good mm -hmm. changes, but again, overall, some bad ones. So I think um, the social hazards chapter is usually the most mixed um, set of numbers mm -hmm. because there's so many areas that we're looking at. So it's a, it's a crazy area to try and understand when it comes to these uh, addictions and the issues that come uh, that are that are that re, re, that are connected to the addictions that people face. Mm. So, does the report touch on anything uh, that could be done to help positive change uh, with the hazardous hazardous drinking problem? Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, there's multiple issues, but I think um, one of the one of the key things that we're pushing for is that the government hasn't. Um, reviewed uh, the main piece of law or policy that, that, that uh, dictates uh, drinking or alcohol in our country. So it's called the Sale and Supply of Alcohol Act. And so we've been challenging the government for years that mm. we need a review of this law to tighten up um, the laws and regulation that comes around alcohol so that we're not getting as much um, alcohol available and advertising uh, targeting young people, that we're not getting um, concentration of liquor stores in poorer communities mm -hmm. in our country. So we believe that, you know, and as the social policy of parliamentary, we try and fight those big sort of um, umbrella kind of battles. Eh? So mm -hmm. we're fighting back to government. And so that's one of the key umbrellas that we're looking at is the sale and supply of alcohol act and the fact that we need to shift that. So the, uh, the army is heavily involved in that practical on the ground work eh, with our bridge services, our food banks, working with these families that are struggling with addiction. But we really believe that we need to target some of these bigger umbrella policies or laws so we can start seeing the shift um, on the ground. So there's, mm. there's those things that we've really been pushing for. And that's just stuff we've been pushing for several, several years. Mm. Yeah. So there's been um, some, as you mentioned, some positive changes, and one of those is a decrease in most forms of gambling and the number of poker machines operating. And I think a lot of people think that gambling or lotto isn't really a big deal. You just do it with your mates on the weekend. But can you talk a little bit more about why gambling is harmful for our communities? Yeah, I think there's multiple issues. One of the things that the Army saw, especially out of uh, lockdowns in 2020 and 2021, is that um, uh, different forms of gambling spiked or increased after uh, or during and after lockdown. And I think that shows the, the, the mental health situation, mm -hmm. the anxiety, the isolation, the stress 
that people were facing during these lockdown restrictions. And of course, people are looking for outlets for that. Eh? And so they're finding their attraction and their, and their uh, enjoyment uh, in these forms of gambling. And, and to be honest, like you said, and, and, and we know research shows that most people gamble responsibly. Unfortunately, there's still a pocket of New Zealanders where they gamble in an, in an addictive way that leads to some real damaging situations. I remember Julia uh, presenting uh, uh, to a, a, a committee of um, MPs several years ago with a, a man, a Pakia man, and he had lost two houses. He has, his family, his marriage had failed, his children had left them. And he had lost a, re a very, very profitable business all through his gambling on poking machines and casinos. And I was mm -hmm. amazed at the depth and, the, and the, um, the struggle that he was going through. And the army was working with him to, to help him in this journey and, 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 and provide answers through um, material help and also the help that comes through Christ. And so it was amazing to see this, the, this man's journey, but the amount of loss that came out of uh, or out of gambling, people don't always think about that. Hey, like you said, mm -hmm. it's people think it is it's harmless, but actually, when you really drill down to the numbers, but more so the stories behind the numbers, then you really start to see the damage of gambling. There's 1.4 million registered my lotto players in New Zealand. Hey, mm -hmm. that just that's shows huge. already how that's huge. Hey, that's mm -hmm. that's a fifth of the population mm -hmm. are gambling. And if you're gambling and your income is low or you're stressed or you're anxious or you've got other issues going on, you mental health issues, um, look, it, it's just, a, it's just a, a mixture of bad factors. And so when you're out working or releasing all the stress through gambling, you do lead to gambling harm. And so that's what we're really concerned about at the Salvation Army. And, and especially, Julie, when it comes to pokey machine gambling, mm -hmm. even though all, you know, that gambling decreased, but pokey machine is the most damaging form of gambling in the country and in the world. And so, again, the gambling numbers are something that are a real concern for us, even though there's some good news in there. Mm. And one, one stat from the report that really kind of made me mad, to be honest, was that there's really high concentrations of pokey machines in areas of high deprivation so kind of targeting those lower income areas yeah yeah and I think look that's um it's a business model eh? mm. and so and so what these businesses or these venues are doing is that they're going uh to where they believe the demand is but in, the, in, in effect they're creating more demand eh? and yeah. so what is really frustrating with that is that uh, these venues are essentially preying on poorer, more vulnerable New Zealanders because they're setting up in areas of high deprivation. The same thing when it comes to um, alcohol venues and liquor stores. It's the same thing. They're targeting these areas of high deprivation um, and, um, and then they're not in areas of low deprivation. So they're not in the wealthier areas. So that is frustrating. I'm glad it made you mad. I hope it makes other people mad mm. because I come from these communities. I've lived around these growing up in, in Mangere and South Auckland where there's a liquor store on every single corner and all the issues that are related to that, the domestic violence, the, mm -hmm. the, the gang stuff, the, um, the, the, the truancy, all these things that are connected to the abuse of alcohol and, mm -hmm. and drugs and, other, and gambling. And so I think... Um, there's parts there that are clearly broken in that system, eh, Julian? We need to do mm. better as a country because how the hell do we justify um, mm. placing and, and targeting areas of high deprivation with these addictive forms of um, behaviour? And so I think that's something that, mm. yeah, that we as a country need to really own and answer to. Absolutely. So part of our work in New Zealand is um, 
and by our, I mean something like this Vaishanami, is providing safe, integrated, high quality treatment uh, through our bridge and oasis program programs for people who have been affected by harmful use or dependency on alcohol or drugs. And I mean that's that's a really um, yeah, that's an important service that we that we have. Yeah, I think I think our services are pretty amazing. I think yeah. um, the 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 recovery church model is is a wonderful yes. uh, model that is very unique to us. Say that the army mm. is, is is journeying with people in terms of their recovery journey, but critical to that is transformation through Christ. And I think the fact that our recovery churches are usually full outside of COVID, but usually full throughout yes. the week throughout the country shows. One, how many people are desperately going, are desperate for help. Two, it shows the amount of people that are going through the recovery journey, which is a hard, hard thing. I've seen that in people in my own life. But I think three, it shows that, look, we can deal with all the social issues. Eh? And, and in the end, we don't want to be, I don't think the army wants to be glorified social workers or a professional NGO. The mm -hmm. army is a church. And I think the key to that is the transformation that comes through Christ and acknowledging that we're sinners before a holy God and we need his grace and mercy. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And so I think the, the services that we offer, Bridge, Oasis, uh, our financial mentoring, our, our community loans programs are all wonderful. I think they do a great job. But again, as I said at the start, how do, how do they become pathways to the cross of Jesus Christ. And I think the recovery church model that we have here is one of the best, best examples of that where it's a mixture of the social part, but the real spiritual self transformation that comes through Christ. Absolutely. So before we uh, wrap up the interview, is there anything else from the report you wanted to highlight? I think the one thing that we've been really pushing, Julia, that people aren't always talking about is online gambling. Mm. And I think that's something that um, we've really done a lot of work uh, in the last couple of years around. And we're really worried that online gambling could end up becoming more damaging. And we've, I think it is more damaging mm. than pokey machines because mm. online gambling is a little bit like pornography. You can do it in your own home. There's a shame and a fucker. Yeah, it's accessible. Mm. You can do it on your device. You get mm. free Wi-Fi. You can jump on. Mm. You can just, and you're spending money that usually you don't have. Hey, let me let me tell you this, just one step, and I want people to think about. Hey, Kiwis are spending a massive amounts of money on, on Lotto, on digital sales on Lotto. Um, in 2021, we spent $558 million as a country on digital sales on Lotto, so online gambling through Lotto. That's Amazing. a 178% increase in three years. That's, that is an insane number. It is, it is a, a crazy, crazy number. And that shows, one, it's COVID. I think yeah. it really shows the damage of COVID. But two, it shows how much we're rushing to spend money, often that we don't have, mm. on this form of enjoyment that is actually addictive and destructive to you and your family. And so we're really worried. The Sallies and other groups are really worried about the online gambling in the next few years. We've been pushing for stronger laws, stronger regulation, um, uh, even simple things like limiting access to public Wi-Fi so that people aren't jumping on to, uh, to uh, gambling sites at the, at the public library, you know, those kinds mm. of practical things. But we're, uh, we think it's something in the next, I don't know, two to five years that we're really going to see some increasing harm from, uh, and that's through that online mm. gambling world. So mm. it's something to keep an eye on. I think it sounds like there might be uh, the possibility to do a more in-depth interview with you about about gambling, or maybe with some other people who are working working in that um, 
and the oasis space about that because yeah, well, it is it is yeah. a huge issue. Yeah, and, and and I think Oasis is really pushing in that space, and that's and there's some mm -hmm. um, there's some um, challenging numbers and challenging stories that are emerging mm -hmm. out of that Oasis space. And so again, you know, it's one thing to look at the issues we're facing, but we've got to keep an eye on on the other issues that are emerging hey, on the horizon for us as a nation, especially those that affect um, poorer, more vulnerable Kiwis. And this online mm -hmm. gambling one is going to be is mm -hmm. going to be pretty damaging. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ronji. If anyone is interested in reading the full section on social hazards, I will link the State of the Nation report in the show notes below. Um, yeah, thanks again for your time. Thanks, heaps, family. Thanks for those who are listening. God bless you. Much love from South Auckland.